Well, a reversal in bond sell-offs on Friday. People started buying them again, but does it demonstrate what can happen? So how will that be factored into the RBA's decision tomorrow? After they stepped in a little late last week, but of course did buy up a heap of government bonds in the end. At the end of the week, didn't just see bond sell-offs easing. We also saw commodity prices fall, hitting the Aussie dollar hard, and equities too sliding down, with the exception of tech stocks. So what do we make of all of that, and where will it take us this week? It's the 1st of March 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, that big sell-off of bonds that we saw on Thursday, as you probably know, it didn't continue into Friday. In fact, we saw a swift reverse. Ten-year treasuries were down 11 basis points on Friday, back up to 1.4%, uh, having peaked, or back down to 1.4%, just having peaked 16 points higher than that the day before. Aussie 10 years came back 13 basis points as well, so it was short-lived. But will we see more of it? And stocks... Not doing well, a 1.5% fall in the Dow on Friday, taking it to more or less the midpoint to where it's been so far this year. The Nasdaq has climbed half a percent, but it's down 4.8% over the week, and the S&P 500 also down about half a percent on Friday, uh, with bigger falls in Europe. The FTSE 100 was down 2.5% at the end of the week. And the US dollar gained a lot at the end of the week, up 0.8% on the DXY, almost 0.6% over the week as a whole, and obviously uh, well uh, below where it was for most of last year. That rise uh, was felt in the Aussie dollar, which was down 2.1%. The Canadian dollar down a little over 1% and the euro down 0.8%. But the pound and the Japanese yen both holding their own for now. And oil is down a 3.2% drop in WTI on Friday and 2.6% down for Brent. Most commodities are down. We had a 4% fall in copper, 4.5% for silver, 2.6% down for Comex Gold. A busy uh, day in all asset classes on Friday. Rodrigo Catrill is Senior FX Strategist for Markets at NAB in Sydney. Uh, it just looks like a lot of people lost their appetite for risk at the end of the week, doesn't it? <laughs> Morning, Phil. Yes, certainly that's the case. And and even though we one of the big themes, as you say, has been the the, the sort of calmness, or at least the, the breeder or pause in in the big moves in in core global yields, we saw them declining. Uh, but that wasn't enough to to provide a bit of a sense of relief across uh, asset markets uh, across the board. Mm. Uh, and indeed, uh, the uncertainty and volatility remains pre-evident. Uh, the VIX index traded above uh, 30 briefly on Friday. And, and that uncertainty has so certainly been felt across the board. And as you mentioned, the commodity is also struggling. Um, and that's been sort of the perfect recipe for hurting the, the Aussie dollar, which is a very risk sensitive currency. So, uh, even though it's good news that we've seen a bit of calmness in the, in the bond market, volatility is still evident across the board and, and the, the Aussie dollar is hurting for and, it. Uh, and could it come back is the obvious question. You know, when you've got, because the, the numbers seem a bit all over the place, it's difficult to know which direction we're going to take this week, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, personally, the the, the way I see it is that uh, as much as it is good news that we've seen a bit of a reprieve in, in, the, in the bond market, uh, the questions and the, the uncertainties surrounding why they, they, they jumped in the first place uh, haven't been resolved in my mm. view. So uh, it, 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 it gives you the feeling that this is just a sort of a, a pause uh, and, and we're still going to remain in this level of uncertainty for some time. Um, it's all about this idea of the tolerance to inflation and whether inflation is coming. Um, we, we have economies uh, reopening because of vaccine rollouts, also in the US in particular, supported by this huge amount of stimulus and more stimulus now that is, is looking more certain. Um, so then the, the question is whether this, this reflation trade 
Uh, what are central banks going to do that? Uh, are they going to really going to sort of let inflation fly? Uh, and, and the market is testing, in particular, but the bond market is, is, is testing the resolve of central banks. And, and I think that that is still the theme, um, uh, particularly as, as well in Australia. We're seeing core uh, domestic yields push higher, even though the RBA has come and buy more bonds than what they originally were planning to do last week. Um, so, so that, that sort of theme of testing the resolve of central banks, I think, will still remain the big, the big theme for this week as well. Well, seven billion was the total last week, wasn't it? So, what about because, uh, of course, the RBA is meeting tomorrow, so they can't ignore this, can they? They've got. To, are they going to address the, the the question, the elephant in the room? Are they going to uh, outline more bond buying, for example? Yes, and, and I suppose that's the other theme that we got to remember that uh, you know central banks, are, um, when it comes to sort of buying bonds, uh, there's no limits for them. All they need to do mm. is print more money and do it. So. Um, there's certainly that, that, that sense that they at least uh, at this stage, the RBA will, will come and, and be strong in terms of this message that they remain committed to the yield curve control target. They remain committed to keeping the cash rate, um, you know, at 0.1% until 2024. Uh, but that needs to be reflected in the action. And at the moment, maybe they haven't been aggressive enough, at least from a market perspective in terms of how much buying they need to do. Um, and then, of course, that is the same, the same theme and discussion that is happening in Europe and, and in the US as well. Yeah. Well, Yanis Stranaris from the ECB, from the Bank of Greece, is saying, yes, the ECB should be doing more bond purchases to try and stop borrowing costs from rising. There's no, he said there's no fundamental justification for a tightening of nominal bond yields in the long end. That was on, yeah. on Friday. So, uh, yeah, so I, I suppose that the theme from, from central banks is about this issue that they are trying to foster a nice environment for risk assets to perform. And they don't want to see this volatility. They don't want to see the bond market rising, you know, abruptly. So they need to come in to make sure that financial conditions remain accommodative. Otherwise, they kind of reverse, in a sense, all, all the work that they yeah. have been doing. So, but there far. is the, the, you know, the the, the concern, isn't there? They'll you'll let the the, the inflation genie out of the bottle. Uh, Andy Haldane from the Bank of England has, has said that that is the view, very much the view it seems in the UK at the moment, because the Chancellor Rishi Sunak is all, also making noises. He's concerned about borrowing costs increasing as he gets ready for his, his budget, which happens there the, uh, the middle of this week. So, uh, th- th- you know, there's some people saying, oh, no, 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 it's all just because uh, things are bouncing back. Don't worry about inflation. That's certainly a view from the Fed. But it seems in Europe, there's a, there's a few more people saying, no, 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 we've got to be worried about inflation. <laughs> well, Europe and traditionally have always been a little bit more worried about inflation than uh, in other parts of the world. But uh, um, to some extent, that that's the, the real test, because what we don't know is exactly what that tolerance means, you know. Do you allow inflation to jump to 3% for one month? Or do you allow inflation to stay above 3% for a year? What, what is that tolerance? And, and that's the, the uncertainty and the lack of clarity that at the current moment exists in terms of central banks. Um, and, and the themes, of course, about inflation are very different d- depending on where you look. So in Australia, still inflation is quite low here, whereas in the US, we're starting to see that creeping up. And then when you look, think about the base effects purely, just on base effects, we know that inflation is going to be rising again. Um, and then if you take into account all this pent-up demand that is there, then the, the risk is that it will rise significantly. Yeah, got, and, and that's the question. Yeah, but, uh, would, would you allow it to happen? Yeah, and, and for, for it to happen, surely everyone's got to be in a, in a job. You've got to you know get close to full employment. You've got to factor jobs into it. And for that, you've got to have the economy having recovered. And for the economy to have recovered, you've got to have everyone vaccinated. So uh, on all of those things, Europe shouldn't be too concerned because they're, they're quite a way behind yeah, the exactly. eight ball on, 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 on that particular pathway. Yes, and therefore you shouldn't be allowing those those you know, longer data yields to rise because the fundamentals are not quite there to justify it. 
um, and and mm. and so so it's just a reflection of market uneasiness, and and central banks will probably have to come in to 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 provide a little bit, a little bit more certainty around that. So uh, Joe Biden's uh, stimulus, fiscal stimulus, it looks like it will be one point nine trillion. Well, that's what's passed through the Congress over the weekend anyway. Now it just needs to get through in some form through the Senate. So that's good news, obviously, although it does mean that there will be more people. I mean, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to spend it? And we saw this big increase in personal savings in the United States uh, from the from the last uh, stimulus. So is it just going to be sitting in people's bank accounts rather than being pushed into shops? Well, I suppose, yeah, that's a big question. So in terms of the data, what it was interesting that we saw personal income spending uh, jumped to 10%. So the market was looking for a rise of nine and a half. So a little bit stronger. But as you say, most of it was actually kept in savings. And we've seen savings in the US rise um, to three times more the levels that we've seen prior to, to the pandemic to, to 20.5. So it's telling us that there's a lot of pent up demand. And of course, the restrictions means that uh, the consumer has been able and been unable to spend. Uh, once the economy is reopened, you would expect that, that, that some spending, if not necessarily all the savings, but at least a big proportion of that savings will be spent. Um, and now we have the prospects of a new round of stimulus, which is is good for the consumer, uh, but it does suggest that it kind of feels feel fits more into this uncertainty around the, the, this huge pent-up demand hitting the market in one go, pushing prices up. So, um, And in terms of the, the, the stimulus itself, it's probably worth noting that the, the debate around the minimum wage means that that $1.9 um, may not actually look like $1.9 at the end. Um, um, it, it's probably a sense of the... The, the, the stimulus will come down to one and a half, uh, with particularly those issues around minimum wage having to be put separately because uh, they're unlikely to, to get passed in, mm. in the Senate. It's still 1.5 trillion, still quite a bit of money, isn't it, to be added to the economy <laughs> in one go? It's a fair bit. It's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what about, um, I'm, I'm curious on commodities at the end of the week then, because we, you know, behind all of this, it's still positive news. Vaccines are being rolled out. Okay, it's 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 being a bit, they're being a bit strange in Europe, for example, in, in France, stopping anyone over 65 taking the AstraZeneca vaccine, but they've now reversed that, but that, that, that's just slowed them down fundamentally. But generally, it's good news. The UK is certainly shooting ahead. Uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been approved, so they've got a third vaccine in the United States now. That's a, a single-shot vaccine, not quite the same level of efficacy, but it'll do if it means more people are going to get vaccinated. So all of that is good news, and that's you know what's obviously been driving the uh, the momentum, and yet commodities are, are slipping back. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose when you when you say commodities in particular, it's kind of who, which one is the one that's kind of leading the moves? And, and COP, of course, within metals has been the big mover, declining uh, over four mm. percent on Friday, and oil prices still remain very, vol- very volatile. So, um, I think there's an element of speculative uh, swings going on uh, in, in particularly in the copper market. Uh, so that obviously, with the rise in market volatility, uh, creates a, a you know an environment for for big sell off. Um, and then in terms of oil prices, uh, Lockline, our uh, commodity uh, strategist, he, he's still saying that there's a lot of uncertainty around what OPEC is going to do. There's a general sense that where prices are that OPEC will be keen to increase production. Um, so then that, again, is also playing into the volatility in markets. But certainly yeah. overall, um, it's, it's to some extent commodities have been infected by the, the, the level of uncertainty that we've seen in other um, markets. What about those PMIs from China over the weekend? Have they uh, Will they have much impact? I mean, for manufacturing? and services both over 50, but they are slowing. Yes. So one of the things that we got to remember when it comes to China's PMIs is that the Lunar New Year, 
and seasonality factors always play a bit of a sort of a, a mind game, if you like, at the beginning of no. the year. But we knew that, though, and this is still below expectations. So, so yeah. the, the market was looking for a softer print. Uh, and to your point, uh, the print was actually a bit softer than what it was expected. So, for instance, the manufacturing sector was expected to ease to 52 from 52.4, and we got 51.4. Um, um, but what, what actually the, the general sense in terms of reading the, the, the data release uh, is that there was certainly this issue of a, around the restrictions playing playing a factor, particularly in the non-manufacturing side of things. Um, and uh, and also that the Lunar New Year, uh, it, it is a factor that is difficult to measure in terms of mm. how big the impact is going to be. So. Overall, I think the good news is that both um, indices or, or surveys remain above 50, yeah. uh, and there's still that expectation that uh, there's been a reopening in activity after the Lunar New Year, which will support a, a rebound in, in those readings in the country. Well, we months. get the Keijing PMIs uh, today as well, don't we? And the, the ISM numbers for manufacturing for February for the United States as well, early tomorrow morning is the... Anything else we should be looking out for? Obviously, the RBA is the big news for tomorrow. Yes. I mean, for the week, I suppose, is the RBA and the Q4 GDP in Australia. Those are the big tickets domestically. Mm. Friday, we also get US payrolls. And, and if anything, uh, and we also get sort of inflation readings in Germany, for instance. But I think the general theme is yep. that now if the data is too good, that's going to inflate even more and inflame even more the debates around <laughs> reflation. So it's almost like maybe the data yeah. doesn't need to be so good in order to keep markets calm. So I, th I suppose that's one of the themes. Um, and as you say, for, for today, uh, the PMIs from China will be of, of a bit of interest, uh, as well as the ISM in, in, in the US, which is still expected to, to print a, a pretty punchy 58.7, uh, which again, in terms of the reflation trade, if it surprises to the upside, it yes. may actually, you know, inflame the, the market. Well, let's that hope play. in that case that things move steadily in the right direction. We'll leave it there yes. for now. Great to talk, Rodrigo. Thanks, and talk that soon. is the morning call for this Monday morning, the 1st of March, 2021. I'm Phil Dobby, back again tomorrow morning. See you then.